If you're looking for a partner to help you with marketing, I highly recommend you reach out to Andrew Lowen at Next Level Web. In the last year, Andrew and his company have helped board game creators raise more than $2 million on Kickstarter, and 91% of those campaigns funded in the first 24 hours, and 74% of those campaigns were from first-time creators. They have a system that works and offer solutions ranging from helping you build ads for your project all the way to fully managing your marketing campaign. So if you're looking for a reliable marketing partner for your upcoming campaign, visit nextlevelweb.com kickstarter and fill out a contact form. And just to speak from personal experience really quick, Andrew is a phenomenal marketer, his team, excellent group of people, super trustworthy. And in my last campaign, they literally helped me double the amount of money that I would have brought in by myself. You can look at the numbers that you can see, like I would have raised this and they helped me double that amount of money. So definitely worth checking out. Again, nextlevelweb.com slash kickstarter. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about the game design community. We're talking about what it looks like to make this place brighter, to make it a better place, to make it a more encouraging, more enjoyable place for all of us to uh, to, to enjoy, to exist in. And we're talking to your friend, Ben Moy. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Gabe. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, really excited to have you on the show. It's funny, you know, I think maybe a month or so ago, I posted in the Board Game Design Lab Facebook community and I said, hey, you know, I'm working on an episode uh, about the community. You know, I want to have community members come on and talk about some things that they're doing. And I kind of want to highlight some people that maybe aren't to a place where they could come on and do a full episode yet. You know, maybe they don't have quite the experience or, you know, something like that. But at the same time, they're doing something really cool. So let's come on and do like a 15, 20 minute chat. And I'll put a bunch of those chats together and create some like full episodes. But what was funny is that a whole bunch of people in that post kept saying, Ben Moy, Ben Moy, get Ben on the show. Talk to Ben. You need to, you need to have, why haven't you had Ben on the show yet, Gabe? This is something, what is wrong with you? That's what people kept saying. And so I am so excited to finally have the illustrious, my friend, your friend, Ben Moy on the show. And we're going to talk about something that I know is near and dear to your heart. And that's just making this world a better place, making the game design community a brighter place to live in. And uh, yeah, just pumped to get your thoughts on that. But before we get into that. Who are you? How'd you get in game design? All that kind of thing. Yeah, of course. Well, and I think that's part of the reason why I didn't want to make an appearance just yet is because I knew my head was going to be so inflated uh, once, once you know, I got a, an invitation from you. But uh, to, yeah, talk a little bit about myself uh, real quick, some backstory here. Uh, I got into board games pretty late compared to everyone else or a lot of other folks uh, who have been on the show kind of playing magic uh, back in the 80s. Uh, I learned about board games in the 2010s. Yeah. So uh, modern board gaming, I wasn't introduced to until kind of my super senior year of university. And uh, there was a local board game design competition that I entered with a few friends. And that's pretty much what got me into the whole thing. From what I remember, yeah, I believe this was like, uh, still, you know, it still is, but the, the age of James Hudson. And I remember that he was posting everywhere all the time about all of his experience with Kickstarter, the Grim Forest was going on and everything like that. And um, kind of his journey and following that along is sort of what roped me in partially. Yeah, it definitely has a, 
a contributing factor uh, to it. But I would say I, I seriously got into designing probably 2016 um, after a kind of failed Kickstarter attempt with those friends from university, from school. Uh, and since then, yeah, I haven't really let go. I remember, too, you joining um, you know, some of the groups and posting about, oh, I have this little podcast I'm thinking about starting, uh, and you were super nice. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I'm pretty proud to say, you might not remember, Gabe, um, and I don't really remember the specifics either, but I want to say that I was one of like the founding members of your Facebook group, BGDL, Board Game Design Lab. And uh, yeah, it's been so awesome, you know, seeing it grow from whence it first began. And uh, it's been just such a great thing to have a place, yeah, where I can support so many folks and, and connect with so many people who are new or veterans to the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for being, you know, along for the ride from the get go. It's kind of funny. I can go into the email list system and it tells me like when certain users subscribed right to the email list. And initially I did a giveaway to kind of launch the podcast. I did a giveaway of the first five designers that were on the show, I did a giveaway for like one of their games. So I think I did three winners and you would get five games all based on, you know, the, the first interviewees. And it's funny how many people are on the email list with that little tag of launch giveaway. And it's, it's not a ton. It's not some kind of crazy number, but there's a handful of people I can look back on and go, wow, you have been here from like day zero. And uh, I think you're on that list. I'm pretty sure you're one of the uh, the founding folks that's that's got the little launch giveaway tag next to him. And so I really appreciate you being here from the beginning. And it's been so cool to see you kind of grow and you evolve in what you're doing online. And now you're doing all this really cool content and, and live streams and videos and alongside just the normal everyday, you know, your friend Ben Moy here to help you feel better about your life and your game designs, posting in Facebook communities and, and, and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's just it's just cool. To, to work alongside people like you, just try to make this world a better place through games, through game design. And so let's get into that. Why is it important, do you think? I know this is like a, a cause that you kind of champion, right? Let's make this a great place to exist, to live, to be part of, you know, what we're, what we're doing with games. Why is it so important? Why is this something that you have really put so much time, effort, and energy into as far as making this a brighter place to design games? Oh, yeah. I For me, as a kind of socially charged person, you know, 2020 has been especially rough. Uh, I think it's got a lot of a lot of people down and I can definitely relate. But, you know, in in all of that, uh, games are still there. Uh, it's it's much more secluded um, unless you're also have access to maybe online gaming and such. But to me, yeah, like finding having that extra bright spot in your day when maybe you're you're cruising Facebook on your lunch break or something, or for me, kind of just all the time and uh, getting a laugh because, uh, you know, of something that someone has said, uh, something something funny, something relatable. I know that there have been a, a few kind of meme worthy uh, posts in BGDL about, oh, yeah, you know, I started a new prototype and I stayed up for seven hours straight instead of going to bed. Like, who else knows this feeling? And then so many reactions. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, me too, kind of thing. Um, and to just, it's so great because we can have so much that uh, that unites us together. I think uh, the the fun of games is that they are fun. And that's what I want to say I'm always chasing when I'm designing. And whenever it is that I might be supporting or responding uh, to another community member, it, it just follows that same line where I want them to succeed just as much as I want myself to. And I don't 
I can't promise that that's true for everyone, but I think when you kind of go into this as a hobby industry, as like a, as a jobby uh, for some folks, it's, it just makes things a lot better where there's an expectation or an understanding, I think is a better way to put it, that it's not an especially lucrative thing. Uh, for most people, yeah, they're going to be dumping maybe even thousands of dollars into their projects to make them happen. And it might not be a huge commercial success, but in finding that you have, yeah, realized something from inception to completion, for me, again, that's success in itself. Yeah, absolutely. And you also get an incredible opportunity on a daily basis just to get to know people and to invest in their lives and they invest into yours and just the satisfaction that comes with that. I mean, I think it, it. I think it's common sense, but a lot of times we don't think about it. Is that satisfaction, like true, you know, deep, like feeling good about your life and feeling satisfaction about life in general, typically comes from what we do for others much more than what we do for ourselves, right? And, and being a ladder builder and not just a ladder climber, right? And really building other building ladders for other people to to be able to climb to gain what they're trying to accomplish and you know, accomplish the dreams that they've set out for themselves. You get so much satisfaction from that, from being Yoda, from being the guide, from being the person helping other people along in their journey. And that doesn't mean you aren't on your own, your own journey. Of course you are, you know, but there's just so much value in helping other people accomplish wonderful things. And I think it's something that you have recognized. And I feel like you, you do a great job online of just encouraging people and helping them to, to, to live their best game design life, so to speak. Right. And especially in 2020, the year that's just the gift that keeps on giving. It seems like, you know, it's been a great time to encourage other people uh, and to kind of, kind of get them through tough times. And I know game design has been that, that kind of uh, outside thing. That a lot of people have clung to that has gotten them through loneliness, gotten them through losing their job, gotten them through, you know, having loved ones that are sick or themselves being sick. I know the game design uh, community has been a great place for people to kind of come as a safe, you know, environment to just talk about game design, you know, to not worry about the crazy dumpster fire stuff that was going on outside that we can be like, like, Hey, what do you think about the worker placement mechanic? You know, it's like, it's okay. I like dice, but you know, we can have those kind of conversations as opposed to, Hey, what do you, what do you think about the world that's on fire? It's like, well, yeah, you know, there's a time and place for that conversation, but at the same time, it's nice just to, to get away. Oh, truly right. Yeah, there's a term, I think, uh, when you're playing games called the golden circle, where, you know, anything that happens during the game, you kind of leave at the table. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, yeah, like the golden circle right now is entering to the table as a sort of sanctuary, yep, or a shelter from from everything else. I think, too, if I may, uh, something that you touched on earlier is like being able to um, relate to other people. Like, honestly, right now for me, I would say 90% of my friends are people that I've met through this hobby, through gaming. And, you know, I'll be posting uh, some kinds of post uh, statuses and, and whatnot on my personal profiles and everything. And, you know, I'll get reactions from uh, people that I've never met from, yeah, like other countries or just even other parts of uh, the U.S., which is where I'm based. And it's just kind of so funny. And, and I'm so thankful, yeah, that we can be connected uh, in such a way, yeah, through just the vast scope, yeah, of the internet and being people that you, you know, might never see in your life, but is just something that, again, you guys share together, which is this hunger and this yearning of creation and uh, bringing something new to life. Uh, I absolutely am gobsmacked by that and think about it almost every day, uh, just how, you know, fortunate we are to live in a world that does allow for that. Um, even this past week, I was uh, playing a game with uh, a friend Nathan from Australia and it's like 
wow, we are, I think it's 17 hours difference uh, with time, maybe even more. And it's just mind boggling, you know, that, you know, one of us is going to maybe lose a little bit of sleep. Sure. But the fact that, yeah, again, we can hear each other um, and then, you know, manipulate pieces uh, digitally, virtually with each other is uh, so, so awesome. Yeah, we live in exciting times. Uh, you know, I interviewed some people, uh, I guess a couple of days ago, um, that were, that live in London, and we were chatting about some game design things for the podcast. And then a few hours later, I was talking to a manufacturer and someone helping me with shipment of games in China. And I live in Honduras, and I was also emailing back and forth with people in the States. Like, it's crazy how connected we can be now, and all the opportunities that are available you know like you're saying you can you can play a game with someone on the other side of the world and you can have a great time and you can talk and you can see them and play a game together we live in exciting times where the table continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger and more people are coming to the table more people are, are getting a seat at the table more people's seats are getting closer to the table right we live in exciting times when uh, when that's possible you know and I'm, I'm a big believer in the old scripture that says it's not good for people to be alone you know it's not good for man to be alone it's not good for people to be alone and i fully believe that i think 2020 has shown us that as more and more isolation has happened and more and more depression has happened and, and all sorts of mental illness things are, are on the rise like crazy things are happening to us psychologically because of the isolation and i really hope that games have been a, a wonderful helper to people, you know, even if you had to go online, even if you didn't get to meet with your normal play group in, during the week. But I know a lot of people have discovered games. A lot of people have discovered game design. I get emails from people saying, hey, I didn't know this was, I didn't know this existed. I thought games were Monopoly and Scrabble. And the other day I played Ticket to Ride for the first time and it just blew my mind. And here I am. I want to design my own game. I know that's happening to a lot of people. And so I'm really excited. You know, as, as awful as 2020 has been, I think there's a silver lining in that a ton of people are coming into the gaming industry, a ton of people are coming into the game design side of the hobby, and I'm just excited to kind of see where they go, right? They're going to bring new ideas, new perspectives on things. And so let's get into, maybe if you're a new person coming in, right? Maybe you just discovered this podcast, you're like, my goodness, like there's 200 some episodes, where do I start? Uh, where, where should they start, Ben? How does, how does a person get into the game design community and just start to flourish and start to figure things out? What's your uh, advice to newcomers as far as getting their feet wet? Oh, yeah. I remember those days uh, pretty fondly myself. I think there were kind of like four sort of founding Facebook groups, and that's my big thing. So so my lens is mostly through Facebook. I know that the Twitterverse is quite active in the board game design community. I myself am not a huge part of it, so I can't quite speak to it. And I know Instagram is great for you know visual presentations and uh, updates or, or development, like a, like a virtual diary. Um, but I'm not really active on that either. So yeah, the brunt of my activity is definitely in Facebook. And, um, you know, one of the first obviously is going to be the BGDL board game design lab, Facebook community, Facebook group, I think is what the full name is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there are other ones too. Uh, a big one is going to be art and graphic design for tabletop guild, something like that. Um, another one, if you're interested in self-publishing your own games is the tabletop publishers guild or network i think as well and then an, another big one is the card and board game designers guild okay yeah guild is in one of them at least i can tell you that much and so each one is kind of catered towards a different aspect of this very full sphere that is kind of board game design and board game publishing so uh a lot of times and i'll say this my favorite is bgdl because i feel that people are totally fine to just share 
just about anything uh, that they like in that group, while maybe the uh, card and board game designers one is more focused on mechanics. So if there's something related to board game design and you're curious about how could I implement uh, this in a certain new way or what would you like to do or if you were in this position, uh, this is my game design, how would you maybe try to solve this problem? Uh, that's one place that you could go. And then the publishing one is going to be for asking questions uh, regarding fulfillment and manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so in you know the broadest sense, the BGDL group, I think, is the broadest uh, group where you're allowed to kind of share as much or as little as you want. Uh, so for me, that's where I found, yeah, kind of my home, I would say. Uh, but there are, yeah, groups for just about anything. Even if you want to um, meet up with other Facebook, uh, or I'm sorry, other types of gamers. Uh, there are solo board game groups. There are print and play Facebook groups. There are war game Facebook groups. There are just no, there is no shortage um, in finding them. And really, it's just a quick little search on the toolbar to uh, get related uh, results. And I think too, the more that you join, then yeah, more will kind of pop up like, oh, you might be interested in this and this and this. Uh, thank you, algorithms. So the first step is really, yeah, searching those out. And I think just kind of jumping in. Uh, lots of times there are introductory uh, posts that you can share a little bit about yourself. But yeah, truly, uh, instead of going in and tooting your own horn necessarily, I would kind of adopt a bit more of a demure uh, position and, and become an observer, a listener, and a sponge or like an internalizer about all these different posts. Um, because I feel that it's pretty easy to sniff out a sales person uh, or a car salesman, I guess. That's still not a very polite way to put it. But uh, when you're going out and just trying to uh, shout from the mountaintops all about how great you are, uh, that's that's a little off-putting. And maybe people have found this out for themselves. Or if you haven't, then maybe just consider that you might be that person. Um, but really, I think a lot of it is being able to rally behind others and sharing in their success. That's sort of my uh, secret ingredient, I suppose, is trying to yeah be friends with everyone, um, which is not possible, really. It's a, an unachievable goal. But the fact that you can remain positive for people and be there in both their highs and their lows is absolutely what has found me, I think, in the position of, of being well-connected and wanting to see everyone do the best that they can. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of design, though, uh, <laughs> I would say just go ahead and, yeah, pick up a favorite game of yours. Um, try to see if there's anything that you would change different about it. That's a huge part about the design process for me is always questioning why, um, you know, and asking why did, uh, you know, Alan Moore decide to have uh, as many train cards in the game as they did. What happens if uh, you reduce that deck by half? What would the play experience be like then? And experimenting with all these different aspects, it's going to maybe slow down your process at the very beginning. And I know there are a lot of people who want to just jump in right from the get-go, but being able to take a seat back and assess all these different decisions, uh, I think will lead to a better game in the long run because you'll be focused uh, not just on 
the experience that you're trying to make, which is obviously very important, but also the experience that you want the players to get out of the game and having gone through the game, which might be even more important. Um, so that's a huge part. Board games, again, touched on earlier is about fun and the emotional connection with the game. So trying to ensure a very positive one, uh, even if it does kind of um, is a type of game that will beat the players down a bit uh, emotionally, weigh on them heavily with some of the decisions that they have to make, um, can still have you know a tension and a satisfaction by the end where they are mentally exhausted and emotionally drained, but feeling like, wow, what an epic adventure that was. I can't wait to do this again next week. Is everyone still good? Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, So that is sort of, I think, where I would kind of start with uh, designing and also dipping into the different online communities. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, going back to the community aspect of things, way back when, when I started the BGDO community group, Community was the main word I wanted to focus on. I wanted it to be a a place where people could come in and just get to know each other and talk about game design. Obviously, that's our main focus and the main thing that kind of brings us together. But at the same time, if you were having a bad day, you're like, hey, you know, my dog died. My wife left me. I lost my job. I am the, the living embodiment of a country music song that you could go in there and post that and people could encourage you. You know, that wouldn't necessarily have to be specifically game design thing, uh, you know, post that people could still come in and, and just say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Cheer me up with some some funny memes, you know, and, and let's post game design memes to help them. You know, something like that, right? That game designers could just come in and kind of be themselves and have a, a water cooler to talk about life in general with a, a focus on game design, obviously. But that I wouldn't, you know, regulate it to the point. It's like, well, this doesn't involve game design specifically, so we're not going to... No, it's, it's fine. This is a, a place to get to know each other and become friends. And so hopefully the community has, has done that, has become that. You know, one of our founding expectations is kindness and encouraging one another and just helping each other out and being friendly as you can. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I know you've got some really good advice on ways to say things online so that people take them better so that you don't come across as being a jerk and things like that. You know, my grandmother, she always, she would used to say, you know, always tell the truth, but don't always be telling it. And I've taken that to heart as tell the truth when people ask, but don't always feel like you need to offer up the truth, especially if people didn't ask, <laughs> or at least say it in a, in a more positive, kind way. You know, for an example, you know, someone might post uh, some art for their game or some art for their cards or, or game box or something like that. And maybe it looks awful. Maybe it looks dreadful. Well, if you don't have something nice to say, maybe ask in the, the form of a question or, ask, or you know, say something in the form of a question. Say, well, have you thought about using different colors? Have you thought about trying a different, you know, angle for the, the image? You can, you can say, critical things in a way that doesn't come across as you being a jerk and just continue to be friendly. So what, uh, what are, what are some of your or best like pro tips for engaging with people online? Uh, thank goodness there's emojis. Thank goodness there's these little things we can do, but like, tell me kind of your best advice for engaging with people online so that things maintain uh, kindness. We maintain a positive level of interaction. There we go. Let's say it that way. Oh yeah. Well, uh, one more time again, I'm just going to reiterate that this is all, you know, kind of my experience. So it, your results may vary, your mileage may vary. Uh, but I found, yeah, like you just mentioned emojis uh, to have, be a very powerful communicator in terms of emotion. Um, I don't actually know what the term emoji comes from, but I'm pretty sure it's derived from emotive something. And so being able to add an extra smiley face or two, I know sometimes uh, in the corporate world, you know, typing in a little smiley face is a little bit cringy. Um, but at least in social media, at least the way that I've been using it, it's it's a way to have a lot of fun. And I think, you know, being able to 
put on um, or finding like the the right emoji for the job uh, definitely helps. In addition to that, you're tied into it really is being able to hopefully carve out some time uh, to not only find the emoji, but also, you know, choose the right words, think about what it is that you're trying to say, and then making sure that uh, if you were to read it later, that you wouldn't regret it. Um, <laughs> or at least uh, in that sense that it comes off in the way that you intended. I think uh, a lot of times people uh, will be typing on their keyboards and maybe caught up in the moment uh, in terms of, yeah, like receiving a comment um, that is intended to be constructive, uh, but just because of the curtness of the reply or some such just isn't perceived that way. I think a lot of uh, emotions um, are projected right. And it's sort of two part, I want to say, um, in my own experience where I want to make sure that I'm understanding what it is that someone else is saying correctly, but also, uh, you know, in my initial post or something like that, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to make it clear uh, what my emotion going into that comment or the the feeling behind it uh, is. And so often it's not great to always be writing these huge essays uh, generally ever. But um, for me, trying to take like not only an educational tone, but a little bit of a, well, definitely like a, a humble tone uh, has helped me quite a bit. So let's say that, yeah, someone is asking um, recently, uh, a member of the art and graphic design community posted a few different reference photos uh, for their possible project. Uh, hi, Emily. And so like the first thing that I do in my comment is just say, hi, blank, in this case, Emily, um, because that already establishes a bit more of a human connection than just simply a straight reply. I think that's also part of it. Um, social media, especially like Facebook, uh, you know, has your name appended to your comment, generally speaking. So that's already there. Uh, but I find that that extra level of introduction helps a little bit. Then I'll kind of try to answer the question as best as I can uh, in terms of my interpretation for whatever it is they may be asking. And then after that, I will possibly provide um, a, punt, a potential example of what it is that I'm trying to convey. You know, taking that extra time to open up a new tab um, on your phone or in your browser, copying an image and then including that within the comment helps so much in kind of cementing, I suppose the word is, um, what it is that you have in your head to convey to the other person. Uh, and so that way, instead of having, you know, another six comments necessarily about just trying to figure out what it is that you're talking about, you have this very visceral and uh, obvious, I suppose, uh, thing in front of them to point at and say, this is kind of what I mean, but maybe you switch this and this instead. So it's not totally abstract. That's what I'm going with uh, for that. And then, yeah, lastly, I know when you copy images, uh, there's no room, but sometimes when you're responding, oh, I try to respond and reply to every comment uh, that I ever get uh, because one, I enjoy it. Uh, and then two, it's just another way to let people know that they are seen and heard. Um, often, yeah, like on my personal stuff, I'll be posting these kind of funny statuses uh, lately a lot of choices between, oh, what's your favorite utensil? And then kind of having a, a mock war amongst the comments, but then, you know, kind of going through acknowledging all of them and then replying with either an emoji, a comment, uh, a combination of both, and then, and, or a GIF, uh, yes, GIF with a soft G, um, animation about, you know, how I agree with them or slightly disagree. And, and you know, that kind of thing, um, really just builds this sense of 
relation uh, humor is my favorite thing. And then just, you know, kind of knowing that uh, you are the type of person very subtly uh, to to care about others, I think is kind of what it comes down to. Obviously, obviously not everyone has that luxury to do so, uh, to be able to commit all this time. Uh, but if it's like kind of a really important post, I think it is definitely to your benefit to try and respond to everyone that you can um, when you're still starting out. I think, yeah, like obviously, you know, someone like The Rock on Instagram can't reply to everybody on his social media because he's got, what, 4 million followers. Absolutely crazy. But um, knowing that, yeah, you can make a difference even uh, in a little way like this in one other person who's probably in similar shoes to you um, kind of in their life and, and career as a board game designer or person in the industry, I think goes a long way, especially when you start to see that person and recognize them, you know, over time, because uh, you'll continue to see each other uh, over the course of, of your tenure, I guess, uh, here. So that's sort of some of my tips that way. Um, compliment sandwich, absolutely. Like you said, Gabe, kind of asking, uh, how can I put this not necessarily in a lighter way, and not necessarily in a way that questions uh, their intent or authority, but more in a way that's just kind of like, you've done this, which is great. Uh, have you considered uh, another way about it? Maybe this way could be even better for what you're trying to do because this, this, this. And I think like just adopting a less argumentative attitude, yeah, in comments um, helps a lot. And that's sort of a very general thing and and usually not necessary but i find that trying to instead replace what someone has done and and offering a another option not even a substitute but just like a path b is um a smoother way to do it so yeah very very high level stuff here in terms of very um abstract and ethereal uh but i think that's kind of a lot of what has gotten me uh, to be here, I guess, where I am, where, where people want me on a podcast episode. Yeah. And I really like your advice and all of that. And it's, it's a matter of just a lot of times uh, changing your perspective and understanding, you know, you get what you give. And so the more you give, the more you're likely to get, and you don't do it selfishly. You're not thinking, Oh, I'm going to help this person so that they help me. Like, no, it's, that's going to come across. Like you said earlier, it's like the sleek Z Carl salesman kind of thing, but just going in with an intent to help and encourage and love people and, and whatever that looks like in the moment. I find that affirming people, even if you just totally disagree with them, right? So I have a, I have a very good friend, one of my best friends. We've known each other for, I don't know, 28 years, I think, something like that. And we think very differently on certain topics. A lot of stuff we agree on, but there's certain things we are very opposite in. And what I've learned is that in our discussions and our sometimes disagreements and arguments, that it's so powerful for me to say to him, I, I understand why you think that way. I, I really, that's a really good point. I really understand the point you're making right there. I'm looking at it from this angle though. But, but starting off by affirming and saying, that's a really good idea. That's a really good point. But let me explain kind of why I see it from this other way, because then it's not me saying, hey, you're dumb, you're wrong. It's me saying, OK, I, I get it. I totally see that perspective and then offering up maybe a different angle or different perspective, different idea. But, it, you know, just to affirm somebody and say, you know, that's a really interesting point. That's a really good way to do it. Not in a patronizing way, which sometimes is difficult online because people are going to read into it. 
the way they want to sometimes. I think the internet is where conversation goes to die a lot of times. And, you know, thank goodness we, we do have emojis and different things where we can kind of change the in, intent because a lot of times people are going to read what you, you wrote. It's going to travel through their eyeballs, into their brain. They're going to cut it with their childhood and assume the tone that you took, even though it could be a totally different tone that you were thinking. And a lot of times that's where you know people uh, disagree and have uh, some uh, interesting conversations that turn into uh, just terrible situations that have to be you're reported and have to be the admin has to come in and delete the whole thing or shut down the comments. You know, that, that kind of stuff happens. But a lot of times it just it's because people are, are not coming at a, a situation with understanding, right? They're coming in and either taking it the wrong, wrong way or just the way they're saying things is like, did you mean to say it with that kind of tone? I don't know. It's hard to say. So, you know, the Internet's such an interesting place. But I think just being conscious of that and having some empathy and, and thinking through, well, maybe I should add a little you know, laugh emoji. Maybe I should. You know, it's so funny to think, but that's just kind of where we are uh, right now. And so anyway, let's move on a little bit into maybe a, a different side of things. What has been your experience as far as like networking and, and really just finding people to kind of come alongside you uh, and, and help with different things you're working on and you can help them. I know you're doing a lot of work with the Game Crafter and, and doing videos for them and things like that. You know, that wouldn't have happened had you not been active online. You know, I don't think that you would have that relationship had you not been posting and you, you had not been someone that you know people look at as kind of an authority or someone to listen to. And so tell me about your experience with networking and, and meeting new people and then that just kind of making the game design space better overall. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, you know, being being yourself, hopefully uh, that is a positive thing. It should be. It should be a positive thing, you know, kind of be unapologetic uh, in a lot of ways, be bold and all these sorts of aspects to yourself. Um, yeah, networking kind of has come with the territory. Just again, being an active member um, of a community really helps solidify that. And I feel that also, you know, a lot of, uh, I think, authorities are put in a bit of a pedestal in a way that, you know, they're expected to be perfect. And so, right, like when something happens, um, you know, being able to admit your faults and being able to grow from that experience is absolutely huge. Uh, so far, I don't think I've had to worry about that necessarily um, in in the kind of networking sphere. But, um, you know, understanding that a person uh, can grow, that you can get better, I guess, and admit your faults and, and move gracefully onwards and forward uh, to to improve yourself is is a huge part of it. And that's sort of, yeah, just what we want as a society of humans, uh, not just designers. And, you know, being able to accommodate that is, uh, or being able to to act on that also is, uh, is absolutely huge. Uh, so networking, I think, yeah, comes down to a lot of character, a lot of how you conduct yourself. Um, and yeah, to kind of go into a little bit of the Game Crafter, I met them through a few of these local board game conventions, uh, weekend-long retreats called Protospiels, uh, which is where people, uh, designers, local designers will bring their prototypes uh, to, you know, a hotel of some sort that has a room rented out uh, for some odd hours uh, throughout the day. And basically, yeah, you you have all that humility, I think, at least uh, in real life, put into practice for you, where you might sit down with a group um, who's, yeah, just looking to play some games. Uh, they have theirs out on the table. They're looking for one other player. You do so. And then kind of, uh, not the law of the land, but sort of generally, yeah, people will uh, offer up the table to somebody else who has been seated there if they have their own design. And that's how you quickly begin to not only get uh, networking, 
and connection with people who might actually have flown in from another part of uh, the country, maybe. Uh, but also then, yeah, you kind of have the real practice in how to give feedback yeah live and and commit and say oh another thing too that you know this is how i feel about it obviously i might not be your target audience so take all this with a grain of salt but uh, i found that this was a little bit lacking and maybe um you could increase that by doing this often i think yeah a lot of past episodes have harked on this or uh, touched on this where uh the feedback that you receive from playtesters is often correct from the place that it comes from but not not necessarily the suggestion itself so you know in a similar way you're kind of understanding uh or you're navigating yeah calculating almost uh weighing the options of hmm the next time that you get this put out onto the table maybe even this weekend should i try it with this or is that just something to consider um and yeah like jay cormier's book uh the playtesting the fail faster playtesting journal is a great way to log all of these aspects and these suggestions, um, you know, sit on it for the night and then bring it out on the next day uh, to try and see if it actually exceeds all your expectations. I know that I myself have had to adopt, uh, yeah, or like kind of walk back to uh, a few friends with my tail between my legs saying, you know, I gave the suggestion some thought, I tried it out and it worked a lot better than I was thinking. It might have a place here, yeah, for the rest of the game moving forward. And uh, it's just a journey in being able to admit faults, um, grow, and and really, yeah, just provide from the game standpoint the best experience that you can, again, for the players. Um, so to kind of pull that and apply it to the board game community, I'm hoping, again, that, you know, there are going to be, as it continues to grow and more and more people come in, more, more new faces and, and such that uh, it is as welcoming as we want it to be. And to do so is to uh, reply and make uh, heartfelt comments or like very just engaged comments, uh, not just passing letters and stuff necessarily in votes. Although if that's all the time you have, that's totally fine too. That's that's better than no activity at all. Uh, no activity at all. But if you can, you know, say why you prefer this one over the other one um, for, yeah, like an art question. Uh, I know that you'd posted a few of those yourself for Hunted, uh, Gabe, and kind of uh, seeing some people voice like, oh, I think this layout is a lot more dynamic. And that's why my eye was drawn to it. That just speaks a little bit more volumes uh, and is maybe more useful to you as the poster uh, to get that kind of uh, feedback. Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm all about for the community and trying to, if possible, yeah, bring on others um, to to help. And, and if you know someone who is kind of like a registered expert, okay, so uh, I've been talking with uh, Paulina Marie about their game Steam Up, and uh, they kind of brought on a, whew, I want to say a master of TTS, tabletop simulator scripting, where you can automate different things about the game so that players don't have to manually do them. Alexi uh, Minardo, I want to give a shout out to, who has done like some amazingly cool things um, and, you know, just those connections, right, are organic. I want to see Alexi succeed and do more because I'm just fascinated with the quality of work that he has done um, for, you know, my friends who I've made kind of recently too. And it's just uh, a rising tide lifts all ships. I know that that has been said more than once um, before in this industry, as well as uh, kill your darlings, but or kill your babies. But uh, I think that very much rings true, especially in the online community world, where if you can help, uh, you know, spotlight or feature more people um then it just kind of 
validates them. It affirms that they are, you know, somebody, uh, definitely, and somebody in the industry worth noting. But also, too, it's just really fun, at least for me, yeah, to get like a little notification saying, oh, someone tagged you in this. You kind of read through what the post is about. Like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad I was tagged in this as opposed to something where it might be uh, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Ben, what, uh, eats eats Pop-Tarts upside down. That's really weird. And it's like, oh, that's that's less positive. Yeah, that's less bright. But uh, maybe, again, if somebody else uh, reacts and is like, oh, yeah, no, me too, actually, then then there you go. It's just, uh, for me personally, kind of the more that you can engage with others, yeah, the more, the more I've gotten out of it, I guess, is uh, a long-winded way of saying that. Right. I completely agree. I think it's helpful. At least I have found it helpful to always go into these situations, whether you're, you're talking about a play test or you're talking about posting something online, seeking feedback or seeking advice, something like that. Always assume you have something to learn. I think a, there's a lot of times where someone will post something uh, veiled as a question, veiled as seeking feedback, but really it's just marketing where oh. they say, hey, which one do you like best, A or B? And it's really just, hey, I'm going to launch a Kickstarter next week and I want to get the word out. And, and, and that's you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to say don't do that, but uh, maybe just think through it a little bit more. Uh, I know recently I, I was posting for yeah my next hunted game called Wode Ridge, which is about these kids in the 80s who were kind of trying to figure out what's going on in their, their little Colorado town. And as any good kids on bikes movie from the 80s, uh, you need a good little alien companion. And so I had four options. The uh, illustrator had given me four different options. And I knew, I knew the one that I liked the most, but I wanted to see what other people thought. I wanted to get some other uh, perspectives, other ideas, other opinions. And so I posted those four images. And uh, the one that I liked the most uh, ended up third in the, <laughs> in the voting. And so I was like, oh, maybe I need to rethink this. And so I ended up just cutting number three and number four. And I went with number one and number two that, that the majority of people thought were the, the better ones. And so I think it's helpful to always go into a, a situation just knowing you have something to learn and, and also to see everything as an opportunity. You know, I think that's helpful just in life in general. When, when good things happen, bad things happen, terrible things happen, that you see everything as an opportunity for growth, for understanding, to, to move you to a better place and whatever that means, right? And so uh, in, in game design, if you have a really bad play test, we'll see it as an opportunity to grow and to figure things out. Or maybe this is Maybe you need to put that game on the shelf and work on something different. Maybe it's an opportunity to kind of pivot and do a totally different thing. Or maybe it's an opportunity to uh, go, okay, this this game does work the way I hoped it, it would. Maybe I do need to pursue this further. Maybe this game is worth pitching to a publisher to get on a store shelf one day. You know, But to see everything as an opportunity, because I feel like when you when you look at, at life through that lens, things go a lot better. You know, Nothing can destroy you right? You know, the, the worst moment of your life can't destroy you if you see it as an opportunity. And how is this going to turn into something different? Not, not that you pretend like bad things are good things. I think that's foolish to go, mm -hmm. oh, this awful thing that happened. It's really a good thing. No, it's not. It's an awful, terrible thing. And it always will be. But what opportunity is that terrible thing going to open up to you? You know, and, and seeing the world that way, I think it's helped me a lot, you know, especially when it comes to failure and, and trying something creative or trying something in business or in life and then just crashing and burning to go, okay, that sucked. But what did it open up? What have I learned? What can I figure out? How can I come back from the stronger, you know, and in a year from now be in a much better place than I am right now. I think that's been super helpful. Uh, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts as far as like, especially new people coming into the design space or in the gaming industry uh, with ways to kind of look at things differently and, and to not, you know, take, uh, not, not, 
be destroyed, I guess, when things don't go well or you, you know, you put so much time, effort and energy, maybe money into a project and it crashes and burns. Maybe it's a Kickstarter, maybe it's something you're trying to you know, go in. Do you have any advice for people in those kinds of situations? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because especially in those kind of moments, it's it's a lot easier to kind of um, maybe give up. And there's no nothing wrong with that either. Uh, so it's really just a question of, you know, how badly do you want it? I think, um, you know, for some the board game design thing is more of like a, a passing uh, trend or hobby interest. And that's totally fine too. Um, for me, I knew that it was something that I wanted to be with for a long, long time, again, because of the community and how supportive it's been. We talked a little bit before the show uh, about like kind of maybe my own little side venture and how different um, the the attitude is towards uh, secrecy and privacy. Whereas in the board games uh, industry sector, we can share just about anything. Um, and I actually voice that very much so uh, to share that with people early on, because then you have kind of this established um, audience, I guess, uh, who can vouch for you if some suspicious activity, you know, comes up later, uh, as opposed to maybe kind of like high tech companies that are always operating behind closed doors. Um, so yeah, like that resonance already um, is super huge in my eyes. And um, jumping in as a new member, really hitting on some more of what we had already established. Yeah. Being open to suggestions. Ah, yes. And, and coming back, you know, picking yourself back up when the going gets rough, um, is, can, can take the form, uh, or can take form in a lot of different ways. And one of them, yeah, is maybe just retiring for a couple months. Uh, you, could have invested a lot of time, energy, and like you said, financials into the thing, and you just need a break, and that's totally fine. But I would, I would hope uh, that in that kind of vacation, or uh, oh, what's the word, hiatus? Yes, uh, that you could still rally behind other people who are going through the same thing, and maybe you can provide some advice, uh, insights. I think is a better way to put it uh, about you know your own experience and what they might be able to expect, but not necessarily because every product is different. Um, I know there's a guy and I hope it's okay for me to address him. I'll just call him B for right now. And so B had a, um, a failed Kickstarter attempt, right? And so he took a little bit of a break for a while, but recently I've seen him kind of jumping back in with a totally new game, but he's kind of refound the flame again of design and that just magic of creativity um, and being able to start anew. So I'm really excited, yeah, to see him, you know, coming back in. And it's totally natural and normal for people to go in and out of things. Um, I knew, I know for me myself, I did uh, community theater growing up. Oh yeah, I was a musical kid uh, way back when. And so I did that for, I think, eight years um, of my life. And I haven't gone back since, but even doing so has given me a lot more appreciation for things like interacting with not only people on stage and being conscious of uh, my words and my actions, body language, but also, you know, making sure that we give credit to the people who might not have as much visibility. Uh, and that's sort of, I think, like the backstage crew, essentially, is uh, how that metaphor works. And for me personally, yeah, being able to um, just have as many people celebrated as possible feels good to me. And that's just kind of how I've developed my own uh, system for, for networking and connecting with people uh, as much as I can. So that is kind of, again, yeah, how I see it. Life happens. Uh, you know, other people kind of put, put the games down for different reasons, like growing families and such. And that's totally fine. Maybe someday um, that'll happen for me as well. But again, being able to 
still take part uh, when you are not as much involved uh, still speaks volumes and also still just will make, I think, the industry um, a better place. So whether it is, yep, the entire thing, I throw it, you know, throw the whole hobby away or simply uh, just retiring a simple design or a single design, putting it on the shelf and then coming back uh, with something new inspiration from maybe a certain uh, BGDL sponsored contest on the Game Crafter, for instance, uh, might be yeah the little spark that you need to ignite the, the fire once again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, game design contests, game design challenges are one of my number one pieces of advice that I give to people just getting into the hobby, just trying to figure out you know, how do you design a game? What does it look like? You know, one of the most valuable, one of the most valuable skills you can learn is how to finish a design. And I'm not saying it's got to be perfect or fully polished or play tested a hundred times. I'm just saying the game is done enough where it works, where if you play the game, it has a beginning, a middle and end, you can do victory point scoring at the end, whatever, but the game is playable. Maybe it's not good, but it is at least done. I think that is so valuable. Uh, and I think Peter C. Hayward on the show many moons ago, he talked about how it's a it's it's super valuable to complete a game and just finish it you know first and understand how do you do that how do you get a game across the finish line as opposed to getting you know the shiny object syndrome which we all have as game designers like oh the new shiny thing i want to design and i'm going to leave all these other 10 designs i'm working on i'll just leave those over there i'm working this new thing because that's fun and exciting that's that's normal but like what can you do to basically adjust your lifestyle so that you are actually getting results from these things you know, I feel like there's a lot of times that, that people, no matter what we're talking about, what avenue of life, not just game design, not just creativity, but just in general, a lot of times people, they want full-time benefits, but they want to give something their part-time effort, right? I know this happens a lot with people trying to get in shape, right? Especially, you know, New Year's coming up, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to go work out a lot, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to change my body, whatever it is. But a lot of times that just turns into a diet. It turns into a fad and that fades, Right. But it's the people who turn those actions into a lifestyle. Those are the ones that get the actual results. Those are the people that do accomplish the dreams, accomplish the goals because they're willing to change their lifestyle. Now, that's not necessary for everybody. I'm not saying everybody has to do this. But if you want real results, then you probably have to change your lifestyle to a certain point where you're going to actually get those things. Create habits. You know, don't worry about goals as much as you create habits and systems to make that success inevitable. Right. My goal is not necessarily to get a game published. My, my system is I'm going to work on game design this many days a week, this many hours a week. I'm going to do this many play tests a month. I'm going to create that system. And that means getting games published is going to become inevitable. Like that's just going to be a side effect of the system that I've created for my life. I've changed my lifestyle in such a way that those accomplishments are going to happen by default as opposed to being, you know, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And no, it's just I'm going to create a system of health. I'm going to go work out this many times a week. I'm going to only eat this many calories a day. I'm not going to you know, drink soft drinks. I'm not going to smoke cigarettes. All this. I'm going to create a system for my life that then makes success in my, my body inevitable. I think that's a much better way to look at things than just going out there and, and trying to you know, accomplish some quick goal. And, and at least that's been my experience. Ben, have you noticed anything in your own life as far as systems? I know you create a lot of content now. So I feel like you have at least some kind of schedule, some kind of idea weekly or monthly for getting these things out into the world. But tell me about how, you know, you've kind of created systems for your own life, your own designing that have helped you accomplish so many things. Oh, yeah, you got it. Well, I'm still learning uh, definitely for the structure, uh, the structural side of things. Absolutely. But uh, lately, yeah, kind of 
I've been doing uh, some videos with the Game Crafter for almost two years now. Right, right. Uh, weekly release, similar to the podcast. And um, yeah, early on, definitely it was kind of like I had a whole week. I was going to wait until the weekend because that's when I had time to do things. Uh, and then I would edit and then I might be up yeah, late the night before making sure that it uh, gets onto YouTube correctly and everything. And uh, yes, especially lately, I've been you know recording all of it during the week. Uh, it doesn't really take too much time for these videos. They're usually, you know, definitely less than 10 minutes. Try to keep them closer to five when possible. And uh, with the editing, yeah, reserving that for some time during the weekend, but having all the materials ready beforehand, uh, just like you might uh, cook uh, a recipe, uh, let's say some special um, egg fried rice. Yeah. So, you know, when you have all the ingredients out on the table before you start cooking or on the counter, uh, it's just a lot easier to get started versus trying to, okay, I got all the rice cooking. That's great. Um, I'm chopping up the, the onions and I got like the eggs. Oh shoot. I gotta go get the eggs from the fridge while I got the wok already on hot. And it's like, oh no, things feel just a lot more chaotic. You're going to sweat a lot more, uh, in that way. And I think habits is absolutely the exact right way to think of it, Gabe, um, 100%, where it's just like a, a little micro change in your life that builds up over time. Yeah, like uh, lately, to continue on with uh, the fitness aspect, I used to do, um, you know, a fair amount of push-ups and, and whatnot around the house uh, when I when I was bored and stuff. And lately, it's kind of just been cut out and uh, trying to get back into it. So, you know, don't necessarily, it's great to have a long-term goal. But for those short-term goals, yeah, uh, try to ensure that they're not so lofty or not so um, just sensational, I suppose. Because like you said, um, when you don't reach them, then you maybe feel even more discouraged than before. So even if the challenge for yourself is for the next uh, 30 days, do uh, five push-ups each day, then as you get stronger, you know, uh, whether it's your muscles or your your design brain, uh you're going to want to crave more eventually and, and start, I think, to push those limits slowly. So then maybe, who knows, by week two, uh, we, through week two and then entering week three, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to challenge myself a bit more. I think I can do seven push-ups a day. And then you do it and then you just kind of, yeah, continue uh, over the course of however many extra weeks uh, doing this that, yeah, you can find yourself to be a little bit stronger still. And I think design is the same way. Um, experimenting with so many new things to you is absolutely my favorite way to design as well. Every, I, at least I try to, from the outset, design a game that is unique from anything else that I've designed before. And I know other designers will kind of consistently uh, use the similar mechanics or hooks because that's their brand and that's totally cool too. But for me to grow that, uh, again, attitude or um, sense of humility is, okay, I don't know anything about hidden movement games. Let me try to design one that I think sounds cool and fun and is fun. Uh, and then going into all those play tests, knowing that this is uh, something that has that you've never tried before, uh, I think helps to lessen the bruises a bit. But um, at the same time, too, you're just going to learn a lot more uh, as well. So researching other games, maybe in the field is a huge part of it, too, to make sure that you aren't not wasting your time, but that you're not uh, doing something that's already been done before. Um, as with any industry, innovation is is a key part of it. And so that's a lot of what I'm trying to do now too, is gauge not just, you know, how can I make a worker placement game, but what else can I infuse in a worker placement game to have it stand out from other ones in the genre. Uh, and that is going to be something that will really catch people's eyes. That's the kind of wow factor that is always talked about where 
people can think, I've never heard that before. Show me how it works. And then you say, I'm working on it. But then you, you know, you have that person kind of invested. And again, sharing all that sort of stuff, that development with the community is so great because people will invariably, you know, offer up some of their thoughts too, uh, whether you ask or not. But I think having that engagement is just really nice. And with the friendliness of this community, I'm pretty sure go ahead and ask too to make sure. But, uh, you know, incorporating somebody's idea will be totally fine with them and uh, make them happy too. So in a way, for me, I've been living a very kind of uh, others-focused life. And I think that's kind of, again, what's geared me towards something as collaborative as this fear. Uh, so if there's, yeah, a way to add in some of these small things as little habits and kind of shift a little bit of the mindset that way to uh, want to not only share yourself, but also share in others uh, is is a good thing. Uh, and that's hopefully, yeah, what, what makes things a little bit brighter indeed. Definitely. And I want to touch on something you, you mentioned just a moment ago, you're talking about time. Uh, and that's something that I've really been struggling with. You know, it's like figuring out my schedule, figuring out time and making sure there's enough time to do all the things, right? When it comes to family and faith and, and game design and business, all these things. And, and one thing I've realized, and, and this is kind of common sense, is like you don't find time, you create time. You make time for, you know, whatever you find is important. If something is important to you, then you're going to put aside the time for it. But one thing I've realized is probably more important is not about managing my time as it is. It's not as much about managing my time as it's about managing my energy, because so often I will have the time and I just won't feel like it. I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm spent. I'm burnt out. You know, I've, I've been doing too much today. And even though I've got this next two hours where I could work on game design or I could work on something with the board game design lab, you know, website or the community or something like that, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and scroll through YouTube and, uh, you know, just enjoy being a couch potato because I'm, I'm just, I'm spent. And so I've realized I've, I've, I've got to really manage my energy and make sure I'm doing things every day that give me energy and I'm mitigating all the things that, you know, take away my energy, you know, so certain uh, aspect or certain actions, they just drain me, you know, and even though I present often as an extrovert, I am a very introverted person. Like I get built back up from being alone, from being, you know, away from people, from not talking. That's kind of what gives me energy. And so if I have a bunch of meetings in a day, or if I schedule like, you know, a podcast or two podcasts in a day, then that's going to drain me. And so I've got to make sure I'm mitigating those things, maybe not scheduling more than one meeting a day, more than one podcast you know, recording in a day, just to make sure I'm managing my energy really well. So that when I do have time to do these things I really want to do, I'm really excited about that. I also have the energy to go alongside it. And as far as like making the game design space brighter is managing your energy so that you don't maybe say something, you know, that comes across as, as being mean or, or being unkind. And you didn't mean it that way. You're just, you're just drained. You know, a lot of people, they, they say things when they're tired or when they're hungry that they normally wouldn't say, or they wouldn't say it in those ways. So I think just managing Yourself managing your energy is is wildly uh, important as well. But let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the money side of things. You know, let's talk about what are some best practices. What are some things you've noticed as far as like there is a business side of game design where you're, you're trying to get a game signed or you're trying to fund a Kickstarter campaign, and so you want to make sure you're coming into that not in a kind of sleazy car, you know, used car salesman kind of way. So what are what are some things you've seen work really well? What are some things that people need to be thinking about so that when they do say, hey, I've got this thing, it's for sale, please buy it, please check it out. But it comes across in a way that, that people actually, you know, want to go look at it. To, yeah, like tie it all together, like a, uh, with a ribbon, with a bow, um, is just investment. Um, 
in into those communities and engaging them. I know recently I talked with um, Joe Slack, who uh, released his game Relics of Raja Vihara. Yes, I got it right this time. I'm pretty sure <laughs> for the name of the game on Kickstarter. And it is a solo game. Uh, and, you know, kind of months before he even wanted to launch, just even throughout the development process, from what I understand, is that he was um, joining into, yeah, like a solo gamers Facebook group that I uh, maybe mentioned earlier in, in the show. And the idea is that, you know, you're not only there to self-serve, but you're also there to connect and engage and uh, relate with people um, about this passion, right? Like you're not trying to twist it into uh, a tool for you only. You, I'm hoping, uh, are genuinely interested in solo games when you go into there. And so seeing, again, like what other people are playing, what they like about certain games, and uh, those are just like little, little breadcrumbs that you could pick up and then incorporate or uh, integrate into your own designs too so then you know a, a couple months maybe uh, maybe a couple weeks depending um, on how how active you are and how much how well maybe you received there you can kind of say by the way I have been toying with a solo design of my own here it is um, and what are your kind of thoughts on it thus far uh, maybe you know writing a little bit of a blurb for the theme and starting with just that and engaging uh, what what people's feelings are towards that uh, from the get-go to see if maybe you're on the right track. I think kind of going to what you had said before about, you know, having a decision made before you even ask is is not the best uh, attitude uh, in the slightest or, or kind of, yeah, mindset when you're posing a question because, yeah, other people will pick up on that and say, you know, what is this guy's deal or what, what is this person trying to accomplish here? Uh, it's, it's all an act, right? Um, so to... I think design a little bit by committee, at least, um, has has worked well for me because, again, it, it shows that you care about others' opinions. So to carry on, yeah, with the example of the solo game, you know, uh, introducing just just the theme, uh, dipping your toe in, seeing if that works well. A couple of weeks later, say, oh, you know, okay, so I kind of went with this theme here. I have this really neat mechanic, I think, but I'm kind of at a bit of a halt in the design process. Like, what what more could this game have? Uh, and then, you know, you post maybe a few poll options and people can vote on it that way. Uh, or it's a simple post and then people just type up what they want or both, you know. Uh, so ways to engage, you know, slowly and, and get them invested in your product because you are investing time into their thing is, is huge to me. Um, I know that there's like a lot of, what's the word, uh, cross promotion as well, like with pro, uh, Kickstarters, especially like for the uh, first time creators and well, even now, uh, not even the first time creators, but also the big name ones too, uh, which I think is really cool because uh, you're trying to boost somebody else up who is again, yeah, in the same in the same shoes as you. I know that we had done that uh, for my first campaign that I briefly touched on before. And uh, it was it was really neat. I don't know. I, I hope that it brought in a few people. Um, but uh, just, yeah, doing what you can to kind of build awareness um, is is always a number one thing for me. So, like, yeah, in terms of financials, um, board games is not especially lucrative, um, as anyone will tell you. But uh, I think, yeah, just trying to trying to give, again, more than what you take, as you mentioned, is, is a huge part of it, whether it is uh, even, like, services, uh, potentially. I've seen recently, like, a few different uh, proofings ideas here um and honestly i think yeah just doing these services out of the goodness of you know seeing a 
a niche that or niche that is uh unaddressed yet uh, i know like lucas gerlach um has been doing his board game rules exchanges through bgdl for i want to say at least the last year and that has been an awesome thing for yeah not only again having uh providing a service but connecting people together um i know uh there was a guy on there who i read their boneyard rummage i think was the game i think that was brent so hi brent um you know kind of been following along i I joined his instagram account to follow with the new stuff and uh i think recently the last post that i saw of his was kind of like the latest tiles and everything like oh hey i remember those because i looked over his rule book which was like an early stage kind of thing making sure that uh everything made sense and, and all that kind of stuff so just uh yeah setting taking some steps uh forward to provide what you can to others and then kind of investing in them uh is is a big part of it yeah i i've heard that some publishers might even try like the i guess maybe venture capitalist route like trying to get um not only business loans but also like a oh what's the word i'm looking for not a sponsor there's another one an investor um so that could potentially work too i haven't too much experience in that way myself but um yeah truly i think I don't want to say more important than money because when you're running a business, you really do need that uh, to keep it alive. But uh, for me, kind of what I've been putting forward uh, is is time, and time is money. So so maybe that's that's how I can <laughs> make that make that happen, make that work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's at least in my case, it's about making sure I put the right perspective on money. Right? Honestly, I don't do this to make money. I make money so that I can do this. You know, I would still do this podcast. I would still do a lot of the things in the board game design lab community if I didn't make a dime from it because I love it because I really enjoy it because I'm passionate about this. I really want to bring more games into the world. I want to bring more game designers into the the hobby. I want to bring, I want to make the world a better place through games. And I feel like this is a great way to do that. Uh, and I would do that even if it just, even if it only costs me money. But if I make money from it, I can do more, right? I can do a lot more things. I can uh, create more content. I can put more cool things out into the world to help people, to help designers, to you know, help people create great games that, that others fall in love with. And so I, I do my best to make sure I'm always putting that perspective on things. It's not, hey, let me write another book so that I can make some more money. It's like, well, let me make some money so I can write another book, you know, and just kind of flipping things around. And I think that's helped me, you know, maintain some humility, with a lot of these things, but also just keep the right perspective on things and to not do things only for the money. You know, oh, I could do this, but it would really just be me selling out. <laughs> and there's not necessarily, not necessarily anything wrong with selling out. Sometimes it's what you got to do to you know put food on your table and make sure your kids can go to college and things like that. Um, but just kind of putting money in its right place. And I'm really excited that the board game design lab has kind of become what it is where I can effectively do this full time. This is my main income at this point and really excited about 2021, not only because it's not 2020 anymore and we can kind of hopefully put this behind us, although I don't think January 1st is going to save us. I think, you know, there's still going to be lots of side effects we're dealing with for a long time, but I'm hoping 2021 is just an amazing year for the board game design lab. Lots of really cool things are on the, uh, on the schedule. The, you know, the, you mentioned the game design contest or the game crafter, Really excited about that one. The solo duo challenge and, and JT Smith, he came up with the title for that. I thought that was kind of clever. Uh, basically, can you create a, a one and or two player game? I'm really excited to see what the community comes up with for that. But there's also the Board Game Design Lab uh, new kind of 2.0 website, BGDL Plus. 
really excited about that. I think it's going to become just headquarters for game designers, uh, just a place where you know you can do basically everything you need to do or want to do as a game designer. You will be able to do it through this new website that I've been working on for a while. Hopefully that launches into January, early February time period. Just really pumped about that. Uh, but really just the community overall. Uh, it's been such an incredible pleasure to be alone for the ride, to see so many designers come in as newbies and then over the course of, of, of you know a year or two years, three years, become published designers, have really awesome success on Kickstarter, become content creators like yourself, Ben. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. And uh, just, just so glad to have been a part of it. And I really appreciate people like you making it the, the journey that it has been. And so, yeah, really excited to see what the future holds. But, uh, but anyway, closing thoughts. So this has been excellent. Uh, really good advice, Ben. Do you have any closing thoughts for someone listening to this who's thinking, I want to be part of the game design community. I want to make it a broader place. What would be like the, the big picture thing you would tell them? Oh, yeah. Well, just really quick, too. I have like two other thoughts related to what we previously talked about, Gabe, um, oh, yeah. is that, you know, you can say that you would do this, you know, without being paid or anything like that because you were there, too. That's that's another aspect that I want to, you know, just call to light or bring to light, like remind you too, that you built this, yeah, kind of from the ground up, absolutely. And for a while, you were losing kind of money on it, right? You were losing time, you had to buy uh, certain equipments and, and things like that. Uh, and it was an investment, but to see, yeah, you kind of persevere and have uh, the BGDL turn to what it is and continue to grow. Yeah, four years later, I think we talked before the show, it was like last week that you first hit the launch button, essentially, um, has been has been an awesome journey and ride to be along with. So not only, you know, are you a part of it, but I think, yeah, you were uh, growing to be a very established part of it. Um, and then two, you touched on uh, energy, mental energy, um, emotional energy, physical energy. And I think, yeah, if there's one thing that we can learn from this year, it is that self-care uh, is absolutely crucial uh, for self-preservation. And so if you need, yeah, to take those two hours to watch YouTube videos, um, if you can, not saying that you have to, uh, make at least one of those videos about um, something educational that could maybe, you know, bring you forward uh, maybe in this path. So one of those videos could even be a how to play video of a game that you've heard about that you don't know anything about necessarily, but that a lot of people are raving about. Um, and then that way that gives you a little bit of market analysis in some sense, maybe it uh, sparks a new idea in you or uh, could even provide a little bit of um, an inspiration for a pot, uh, potential solution for the current wall that you're finding yourself uh, up against in your design process. So uh, that is absolutely, yeah, number one for me. I know, yeah, uh, long, long time growing up, it was always, you know, one thing after another and really no time for breaks. And that was kind of good because then you couldn't, uh, you know, struggle with other things like, oh, I'm bored. Now what do I do? But uh, definitely this year has been um, a, a learning uh, process for me where it's like, yes, I need to become comfortable with not doing everything all the time and uh, slowly getting there, I would say. But closing thoughts, yeah, in terms of making the world um, or well, the board game world a brighter place. Yeah, I definitely when conventions come back, uh, we'll be trying to invite as many people to the table as possible. Because again, we're all here to play games and enjoy ourselves. And uh, maybe, yeah, by by way of it, making, making friends and making the world a little bit smaller of a place. Um, please, yeah, go ahead and be active. Uh, feel free to start a habit and uh, make one comment a day, uh, you know, on, on different Facebook groups and such um, to just kind of establish yourself a little bit. Um, but also, yeah, show others that, um, you know, what they're doing 
matters, uh, especially to them, maybe not directly to you, but you can help them make it matter to other people um, by bringing you know, more traffic to it, uh, by supporting their work and trying to help them make it the best that it can be when it inevitably, yeah, launches, whether successfully or less successfully that will be something that you've contributed to. And uh, I think, yeah, like a lot of that positive energy uh, just will will come back. Um, so that's uh, use emojis, <laughs> not, not seriously, but maybe, um, <laughs> at least for me, that helps to, again, connote a few different nuances uh, in my language and such. And uh, man, those gifs with soft Gs, absolutely love them. So not everything has to be game related. I hope that, yeah, maybe some of these things uh, can bring into just real world uh, as well, uh, learning a mindset of humility um, and an attitude of empathy, as you as you said, for others um, is just a good thing to take away uh, even, even off of the table. So if you can, yeah, do things uh, to make people's days brighter in just that little way. And I'm hoping that, yeah, it can, it can all be brighter very, very soon. Very cool. Well, Ben, tell me what you're working on and uh, where people can find it online. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So last plug would be uh, that a lot of my board game pursuits are on my Facebook page. Uh, Your friend Ben Moy designs board games. Um, and yeah, if any listeners are are feeling so inclined to reach out, please add me on Facebook, send a request. Uh, feel free to send a little message too. just uh, if we don't have mutual friends uh, that I know who you are a little bit um <laughs> that definitely helps but yeah i will absolutely be around on gabe's bgdl facebook group um on facebook feel free to send me an email too uh, if that's your preferred method of contact uh benjamin w moy b-e-n-j-a-m-i-n-w-m-o-y at gmail.com and we can talk design we can talk life i'm totally happy with just getting to know you yeah and hopefully we can uh support each other. Yeah. Moving forward. Absolutely. That's to me, the name of the game. And that's why I'm so glad that it has so far proven true, uh, as well, just continuing to share in each other's successes, lifting each other up and, uh, yeah, making great games that people love. Awesome. Well, Ben, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with all the things you're working on and everything else you got going on right now. Yeah, I really appreciate the invitation, Gabe. It's been an absolute delight, and I can't wait to see, yeah, where the BGDL goes uh, in the next four years to come. You and me both. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?